Alrighty, grab your Bible. Hold up. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I can be what it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. Alright, last week we were in First Peter, so we're kind of going to start there for a bit of a review, but eventually we're going to make it to Romans for the majority. But First Peter 1... Three says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which among, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto, and I want us to concentrate on those two words, lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Last week, and again we're a quick review, last week we looked at why the why of hope before that was the what of hope today we're going to look at the how but in in order to get us to the how unfortunately i have to uh, fill in a a gap that most of us know and i understand i just need to get it to the forefront of our minds we saw with faith we saw faith with hope we've saw Grace with hope. And here in 1 Peter, from the text we learn the aim of God is to give us a living hope by His great mercy. So we're going to look at the mercy today. The mercy and hope. Listen, it's, it's hope is a wonderful thing. It's a living hope. We have hope. We Hopefully, to some extent, we know what it is. To some extent, we know why we have it. But probably the most important question is how do you keep it? Listen, uh, life has a tendency to uh, beat us down. And if, if we're not careful, we can get on the roller coaster ride. Listen, hope is not an emotion. And again, we learn that as to what hope is. Listen, last week I told you, listen, and probably most adults, whether it's some dramatic event or, or just life, you've gotten to the point where you just don't have any hope in humanity anymore. You don't have any, listen, you don't have any hope in, in your job, in money in your intelligence. And when you, when you get to that point, a person gets to that point in life, if they don't have hope in the right thing, if they haven't figured it out by then, they're in trouble. Where is hope? What is hope? How do I keep hope? Because hope is a living thing. It's, again, we looked at it, it's Jesus. We have to make sure that our hope is in the right place. Listen, that you're prepared for life. Life isn't easy. Again, most of us probably have that figured out. Peter, again, the one one that's talking about living hope, he understood this. Why? Because what did he write? He wrote, listen, (laughs) Satan is a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Who is he going to destroy? Satan is the 
ruler of this air right now. Because God allows him to. And listen, he is especially Christians, he's going to beat them down if you let us, if you let him. This, this, this is this is probably the exact opposite of a health wealth and prosperity message because listen when you got saved and you were given that living hope you were born into a battle satan's going to try and beat you down jesus tried to warn peter and peter said listen satan hath desired to have you that he may what sift you as wheat that's how they make flour I'm sure most ladies in here have some extent how they make flour. Miss Debbie might have the best idea. But listen, it, it, how, they, how you go out for a grain of the stalk of wheat that you see in the field that gets turned into flour. Let me just tell you, it's not a very pleasant process. Ground and smashed and smushed and flattened and... So it doesn't, when it comes out the other end, it doesn't even resemble. That's what the devil wants to do to us. And if we haven't learned what hope is and why we have it and how we keep it, we're going to end up in trouble. Look at Hebrews chapter number six. Hebrews chapter number six. Verse number 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Listen, we were born into this battle and if we're going to maintain hope into the end, we've got to make sure that it's in the right place. Look at Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews. Chapter number 10, verse number 28. I'm sorry, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that he promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Listen. <coughs> Battle can only... We need to hold fast to our hope. In Colossians 1, we see that there can't be shifted. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. And I know we, we talked about that a lot last year, but what is the gospel? Listen. Was he, If the when the when a grounding factor can be moved, principle, the structure is in trouble. Listen, if why why is the devil so adamant about trying to change the word of God? Because he knows that if he can change it, it mess everybody up. I, I told you uh, a, a few months ago, there's several people that I, pastors, missionaries, whatever, 
went to college with. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't make it through COVID. <laughs> they, they left the ministry. And I don't know that it had anything, really anything to do with COVID. Long before that, they, did, they began to question what the Word of God is. They, they, and they, they lost hope. Listen, you can, you can lose hope in humanity and, and you can be fine. And you can lose hope in your job and your money and your finances and, 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 and your health. And, and listen, when you lose all hope, when you lose hope in God, you're in trouble. The only way to maintain and win the battle is to full assurance of hope in him. And it's only found in the word of God. Flip over to Romans chapter number 15. Romans chapter number 15. Verse number four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we pray as we look at these three, or three, there's probably more, truths from here in Romans chapter number 15. that we can have hope. We can keep it. We can maintain it. So we have to be able to know what it is and know why it is. But most importantly, we have to know how to keep it, how to, how to share it with other people so they can have full assurance when the battle comes. Lord, I pray that you'd be honored, you'd be glorified, that you'd speak to our hearts. We ask these things, your name. Amen. So to instruct us, to encourage us. Well, we, we know what the Bible says, what all inspiration, or all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for what? For doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. What? That you might be Thoroughly. Listen, I, I, I realize it's a small thing, but there's some translations that say thoroughly. Listen, thoroughly and thoroughly aren't the same thing. You, the, the biggest difference is thoroughly means that it's inside and out. Listen, you can, you can thoroughly cover something but it never gets on the inside. But when you thoroughly do something, it's in, it's in the very fabrics, it's in the integrity, it's woven together. Reminds me of when Jesus looked at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and said, listen, what you're, you're whited sepulchers, you look good on the outside, you've been thoroughly covered on the outside. But what did he say on the inside here? Full of dead men's bones. 
While you may while you may thoroughly have a grasp intellectually of the gospel and of spiritual things and principles, it's not inside of you. And listen, when life comes and the devil comes and he's going to sift you and he's going to put you through that process of beating you down and grinding you and smashing you, if it's not inside of you, you're going to lose hope. All scripture is intended for us to be steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding. Was it? We're supposed to encourage one another with the gospel, and so much the more. Listen, we should we should be encouraging each other now more than ever. I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but the European Union, which was supposed to be just a, a loosely fabricated alliance for. <laughs> Monetary ease has taken another step this week. If, if your European country is part of the European Union, you have to be on a 20-day, 20 24-hour lockdown because COVID is spiking in some European countries. Listen, we, listen we, we know that it's coming. That's just another step to the one world government. We know it's coming. So much the more as we see the day approaching. All scripture is to sustain our hope. Listen, all of us who've been born again should hunger and thirst for scriptures, right? So the first thing we need to learn is that it's for scripture is for our learning, is for our teaching. We must be willing to learn what the scripture teaches if we expect to be encouraged by the truth of scriptures rather than by an accidental sound of words or reflections of our own ideas and desires. Why is it, again, why is it so important that we know the scriptures? What? Study the scriptures? What? That you may be able to give an answer. I don't, I don't know everything. You don't know everything. But we should, at the very least, know where to go to get the answers. Lean not into our own understandings. Our own perceptions, our own ideas. Listen, I, I, it makes people mad, irritates them. But listen, the Bible says what the Bible says. I take the Bible literally. And listen, there's, there's things on, on both sides of that. There's a, there's a lot of well-intentioned people that, well, you know, that's not really what the Lord meant. And he should have said this. And they what? They start adding to it. That's what the last last year the whole book of study in Galatians, another gospel. They were well intentioned and they thought they were doing a good thing and they thought that they were helping God. Listen, Paul, when he was Saul, he's going around killing people. 
Think about this for a minute. He's killing people, and he thought he was doing what God Almighty wanted him to do because he, what? What he understood. Not what the, not what the scripture said, but his own ideas. So we, we can't. And while well-intentioned, and it, it, it seems to start out so harmless, but when things, well, I think things should be this way, and this way, and this way, and this way, eventually, it's going to lead to our destruction. Because our hope is going to be in what we think, in our perception. Listen, you can't put God inside a box. The second you try and put God inside a box, you've ruined your life. Because there's something that's going to happen at some time in your life that makes absolutely no logical sense whatsoever. It goes against everything that you've been taught, everything that you believe, and everything except for the fact you just got to have hope that God knows what's best. Listen, I, I told you a few weeks ago, I know I, I say it from time to time, but... Nabal's vineyard. Nabal. Listen, if, if you read that and you look at it intellectually and everything that you've been taught about how God is perfect and God is loving and God is holy and that you know, he's following all the rules, he did exactly what God told him to do, exactly what he was taught to do, and what happened to him? He ended up dead. It doesn't make any logical sense. And listen, with the, all of the information that I have, I can, please don't get mad at me, please don't tell the thing that I'm being sacrilegious, but God, you're wrong with all of the information that I have. God, you're wrong. But the question is, is God wrong? And if you don't have your hope in Him, and you have your hope in intelligence and understanding, when times like that happen, you're in trouble. Because you don't have the hope anymore. Because the hope was in you. And it wasn't in God. Whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction. For our learning. What that we might through patience... And comfort. All scripture is given by God to give us in steadfastness, steadfastness and encouragement. When the instructions of scriptures are properly understood, they produce steadfastness and encouragement. Steadfastness simply means endurance. It's what you have to have to keep ongoing in the path of obedience when you feel miserable and when you feel all kinds of opposition. Where does this endurance come from? It comes from Scripture. Listen, it doesn't come from people. Friends leave me. Family forsakes me. What did David said? No man cared for my soul. What was, what was the difference between 
Elijah in that cave saying, God, kill me. And David being in that cave. Listen, no man cared for my soul. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Not in people, not in circumstances, not in resources, not in talent. Listen, no, the difference was is Elijah. Listen, God, I'm the only one left. A, that wasn't true. We know that there were 700. The Bible says so. Why? I'm the only one left, Lord. All, all my hope is in people, and I'm the only one left. David, no man cared for my soul. No one could care about me. They don't give a flip about me. Everybody's trying to kill me. Have you, have you been there? Have you, I mean, honestly, not that everybody's trying to kill you, but you feel like everybody's trying to kill you. Have you been there? If you don't have hope in God, I wonder if people are suicidal. Turn to drugs and alcohol and all this other stuff. Endurance comes from Scripture. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Sixteen. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for, for us a far better, exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when Paul's talking about the, the, the light affliction, do you, do you remember the, when Paul, at the end of his life, he read through the list of a bunch of things that happened to him? Beaten, stoned, left for dead, twice shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. That's, Paul says that's light affliction. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem very light to me. The night and the day in the sea. in bonds of an imprisonment. Light affliction is a paper cut. That's my definition of light affliction. Why? Because it's like, listen, our hope isn't in this, this world. When everything is going wrong, nothing's right. Hey, <laughs> Have you been there? Your house burns? No, your, your house burns down. Your kids get kidnapped. Your car, you know, gets, you get carjacked at gunpoint. You're, you're, you're walking somewhere and someone decides to take all your clothes. I mean, just everything is going wrong. You want to throw in the towel. Listen, if you don't have hope in the right place, you're going to throw in the towel. 
People say we're not supposed to lose heart for this slight momentary affliction. And listen, if we, if we don't have the right perspective and we don't have hope, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or anything, but just bear with me for a minute. If you're, if you're saved, if you're saved, or Jesus is your Savior, you're going to heaven. This is as bad as it's going to get. As bad as it's going to get. Everyone talks about hell on earth. This is your hell. Your hell is on earth. Because this is as bad as it's going to get. And that should be a bit of encouragement to us. It can only get better from here once we get to heaven. But if you think of that from the reverse side, you're not saved. You don't, you don't have hope. This is, this is the best. The, the best that you get is to work 70 years of your life away whiny and snotty-nosed kids nagging you all the time. Grandkids that won't come visit you when you're in a nursing home. Boss that doesn't respect you and works you to death. Got to make sure that you have the hope, the living hope. The Bible was given to us so we could see things from God's perspective. Not from, listen, our, our, our perspective is messed up. Sin entered this world and it messed everything up, including our perspective. You're, you're, you're working on something in so much detail. An artist, what do they do? Some, sometimes you got to step back or they ask someone, a writer, can you proofread this? Why? Because you miss things. It's someone else's perspective. Psalms chapter number one, what blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Like a tree. What? It, en- it endures. It doesn't wither. It endures. Endurance comes from the Word of God. And if you want to keep hope, you got to make sure that you know where to go, how to get it. Lastly, sustain. Hope sustains. Scripture. For whatever was written, aforetime, written for our learning, that we should have patience and comfort of all Scripture, might have hope. The words are of encouragement. It's hope that keeps us from, it keeps us going in tough situations. Christian endurance isn't just teeth-gritting willpower against all odds. 
Was it there? Uh, the guy Will uh, Stager spent fifty-eight days trying to find the North Pole. This, this, the North Pole doesn't exist. Listen, I, I fifty-eight days in bitter, bitter cold. But listen, we've got so much more hope than that. We're familiar with the slogan, no pain, no gain. And while that's true, can we say that the reverse is true too? If you don't think there's going to be a gain, you're not going to endure the pain. If you don't think it's worth whatever you're about ready to go through, you ain't going to go through it. You're going to throw in the towel. You're going to quit. You say, fooey with it. It ain't worth it. It ain't happening. Listen, we, 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 we all know the, uh, when we say it's a joke. Can I tell you, it, it's the truth. If, if uh, the reproduction of the world was left up to men, the world would have died with Adam. Because listen... It ain't worth it to me. I'm sorry. It's just not. I ain't going through it. Forget about it. Child, you put bowling ball through a straw. It ain't worth it to me. I ain't going to do it. You guys know I, I, I don't like school. I was really bad at English. Listen, why? Because... You learn, you learn the rule of English. And for the next four days, you learn all the exceptions to the rule. And I don't know. I might be exaggerating. I'm trying not to. But it sure seemed like there was like 17. Because there was like two or three exemptions to the rule every single day. Listen. It ain't worth it to me. It's just not. So I quit. I'd be dead honest with you. I quit. I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. And it, if, if there's something in life that has that many exemptions to it, I don't want to know about it. It's not worth it to me. Listen, if you don't think there's anything to gain for, for doing that, why do, these, why, why do these guys, they go to the gym and they, they pump iron? Can I just be honest with you? Lifting weights hurts. I'm just, just I'm just telling you. Because they, they think that there's something to gain from it. I don't go to the gym, so I don't know what it is. But they think that there's something to gain from it. You won't endure the pain in obeying Christ if you don't think it's worth it. Oh, we, we sing it. Oh, it'll be worth it all when we get to heaven. Again, I'm not trying to be mean. Well, there's a lot of times where someone, you say that, it'll be worth it all. And the Holy Spirit has every right to look at the whispering and say, liar. You're a liar. You don't, you don't really think it's worth it all. Because you're trying to weasel and fight 
You manipulate your way out of not doing what you know you're supposed to do. I don't want to go through that. Listen. Prices are on the rise. I've got four kids that, listen, three of them out eat me now. Christmas is coming. Can I just be honest with you? I, there are times when I don't really feel like giving to the church. I don't want to do, give my tithes and offerings. I want to spoil my kids. Things are going to be a little tight. Do you really think it's going to be worth it? If you don't drop your offering in the offering plate, you're a liar. See, Pastor, that's kind of mean. I'm sorry. It's pointed. I realize that I'm not trying to be mean. Holy Spirit tugs on your heart. Why don't you go talk to someone about Jesus? Really? You want to go talk to my neighbor about Jesus now? It's 30 degrees out there. It's too cold. I don't want to. It's not. The pain of enduring the cold weather isn't worth it to me. It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus live. Why? Because we don't have hope. Interesting. What does the Bible say? God's not willing that any should perish. He's put all the hope in. God will will should be stronger than wishful thinking. And I realize that we don't. When we're talking about Jesus, I hope we're not talking about wishful thinking. The Word of God become Listen, when you have living hope, the Bible becomes absolutely essential because your own feelings and your own wisdom and what the world tells you is going on is wrong. Listen, there's, there's been a, a few times and probably if you've been saved any length of time, it's happened to you where just absolutely everything in life is telling you not to. But there's something inside you that tells you you know you have to. Common sense tells you not to do it. You look at your bank account, it tells you not to do it. You look at the calendar, it tells you not to do it. You talk to your friends and family, they tell you not to do it. Listen, I realize the Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, and 99.9% .9 of the time that's true. But you better know that you're getting the right counsel from the right people. Worldly counsel won't be any good. Husband and wife are having marriage problems, and so they go to a Worldly counselor, the worldly, all the worldly counselors are going to tell you to do is do what makes you happy. If they don't make you happy, leave them. That's what the Bible says. Listen, again, I realize you can say this is pointed, and I realize that just there's a little bit of wiggle room. But listen, you you chose them. You're stuck now. Make better choices in life, right? I mean, listen, I make. Better choices. The Kyle, he he got off. 
I don't think that he did anything wrong. But listen to me. And if he ever sees this, he'll probably agree with me. If you make better choices in life, Kyle, you wouldn't have been in the situation that you were in. We all make bad choices. And I realize that to some extent, we've you got to live with the consequences, right? But if our hope is in the wrong place, we're not going to. We're going to throw in the towel. We're going to quit. Because we say it's not worth it. See, it's not what our feeling says, it's what the Bible says. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And the Lord commanded us to do all the statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good. That we might pres- that he might preserve us alive, as it is at this day. Obedience is always worth it. See, the world endures to reach the North Pole and to put itself in the Guinness Book of World Records. When some st- st- stupid piece of metal that sits on a shelf or fits on your finger. Listen, the world endures for stupid things. We're enduring, why? Because of an eternal life, eternal hope. Christian endures to reach the age to come, eternal life, with, to have a presence to have presence with God. Infinite joy forever and ever. But listen, we don't endure without hope. I said no pain, no gain, but here's one for you, no hope, no cope. Listen, if... If you don't have hope, you're you're not going to deal well when life comes at you. When situations that don't make sense, that you don't like. Listen, I've just, we all, I tell you all the time, we all like to be in control. We're all control freaks, at least in some areas in our life. Listen, I don't do well with injustice. I just, I never have. When I was younger, I, I handled it very badly. I mean, someone picks on my friend for no apparent reason. I took his head and I bashed it into a brick wall. Listen, I, I, I handled it badly. But listen, you don't pick on a friend of mine for no reason. It just isn't going to happen. A friend of mine was in Bible college. They, she, had, she claimed that she had money stolen. I have no reason to think that she was lying. The staff at the college thought that she was lying and gave her demerits. Listen, it did, I didn't handle it very well. I told people off. 
I mean, I, I marched right into the president's office. Said, we need to have a meeting with the, the dean. Dean of women came in and I let her have it both barrels. She didn't like me very well. I really didn't like her. It didn't bother me any bit that she didn't like me. But listen, I don't deal well with injustice. We all have things that we don't deal with very well. And if we don't, if we have our hope in the wrong things. Listen, when, when your hope is in, well, if you do everything that you're supposed to do, everything is going to turn out right. What happens when you do everything you're supposed to do and it doesn't turn out right? Listen, I was there. Listen, they, they did. You have no evidence that you should be picking at my friend. He's a nice person. You don't have any right to do that. Now, I've got to go deal with it. Listen, what does the Bible say? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Why don't we let God take care of things? Because we don't have hope that He's going to take care of it, right? But He's not going to. Well, He's it's good. Listen, we don't like we we like it, we love it when God is a patient God with us, but we hate it when He's a patient God with other people. And we want to Lord, get out that lightning bolt and zap them now. Kendra's got a tennis racket and we fry the stink bugs. That's what we want. We want God to grab his tennis racket and zap people the second they do something wrong. We, we, we don't want that guy. Don't do it to us. Do it to them. We don't have hope. that God, Listen, we don't have hope that God's in control. God knows what's going on. We've, listen, a society and world and sin, everything around us keeps telling us that there's no God. If he's God, where is he at? If he's God, why would he fill the blank? Let it happen. There's no God. He doesn't exist. He's trying to suck the hope out of you. And if you don't have the word of God, it's going to succeed. Life, flesh, the world, the devil desires to have you. When it gets you, it's going to sift you as wheat. It's going to chew you up and spit you out. Listen, the most, I was in Alaska. I realize there's kids on, I shouldn't try and make it too graphic. We're driving back to the camp. Why? Ford Escort in front of us. One lane gravel road going up the mountain in Alaska. Impatient because there's a big diesel truck and pickup truck in front of it. Decides to pass on a curb. Coming the other way was a log. It tried to zip back over and it clipped that the front bumper of that pickup truck. Spun out right in front of that logging truck. All I guarantee you, every single one of those 18 wheels ran over that escort. And when it came out the backside, it looked like it was a washer machine. I mean, it was. Listen. That's what the world, listen. That's what the world wants to do to you. You get impatient. You lose hope. 
God's not in control. You try and take it in control of yourself, and the world clips you right in front of the devil. The devil's going to run you over with all 18 wheels. Our hope is in him. It's not out there. It's not even in us. It's not even in our family. <laughs> if, you, if, you put, if you put your hope in your spouse, hopefully they, they don't mess it up too much, but every once in a while they're going to. They just are. They're human. You make a mistake, they make a mistake. Listen, you love, honor, cherish, and obey your parents, but don't have hope in them. Because they're going to mess it up. I'm just being honest with you. What did Paul say? Yeah, follow me as I follow Christ. And we can have hope in these people as long as they're following Christ. But realize at any moment they're human. They won't mess it up. You've got to have living a lively hope. Because if you don't, You're in for a rough life. Lord, let's pray. We come before you this morning, Lord, and thankful that you allowed us to come and gather and worship.